When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome, episode 563 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here on February 11th, 2024. Thankfully, the football season is over, and now we can turn our attention fully to baseball. Uh, That was kind of a snooze fest of a game, to be honest. But Padres, pitchers, and catchers reported to spring training earlier today. It was good seeing some of the videos out there of you Darvish and Joe Musgrove and some of the new Padres like Yuki Matsui and Wusak Go and Eniel De Los Santos. That guy looks massive in the bullpen, throwing some pens there. Uh, I think Ruben Niebla was watching that. AJ Preller was watching him. Um, so, and the bullpen's going to be something to watch this year, and that's the main topic of tonight's show. Five storylines to follow during Padres spring training. The rest of the players should be reporting, I believe, at the end of this week. Obviously, the Padres and the Dodgers are like a week ahead of other teams because they have to play in Korea. They open up their season on March 20th. The rest of the league opens up their season, I believe it's March 28th. I think it's that Thursday. Uh, Padres will be at home, their home opener. Uh, In between that, obviously, will be FanFest, the Peter Seiler Celebration of Life on the 23rd. Fan Fest on the 24th. Then there's a couple of scrimmages uh, or exhibition games, if you will, against the Mariners. And then there's a day off on that Wednesday. And then the home opener on Thursday against Bob Melvin and the San Francisco Giants. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, let's let's just get to it. Five storylines to watch this spring training. If you want to join the show, click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. And I will get to the comments as well. The first one that I've got here. Who's going to earn the last two rotation spots? Obviously, we know the first three as of now, there could be free agent additions, trades that could bump Michael King down, but it's Darvish, Musgrove. You could put it in any order. Home opener, I know that's not going to be the case. Michael King's probably pitching the home opener. If if it's going to be Darvish, Musgrove, the first two games in Korea, and then the, the third game of the season would be Michael King, although there are rest days in between. So... Maybe it will be one of those two, Musgrove or Darvish pitching game one, and then they pitch game three as well. Um, I would go with Musgrove in a must-win game. I'm going with Musgrove over Darvish, but whatever order you want to say, Darvish, Musgrove, Musgrove, Darvish, there's King. And then after that, that's where the question marks are. Is it going to be Pedro Avila? 
right now it seems like it's Randy Vasquez, Randy Vasquez, excuse me, and Johnny Brito. But there's Luis Patino, there's Matt Waldron, there's Ariarte, there's Mazer, there's Glenn Otto, who they brought in. Um, hopefully, he gets some opportunities. Jay Groom, I think he is more of just an El Paso guy. I don't know how many opportunities he is going to get. But yeah, and then there's there's going to be some more arms that get some opportunities. I would think Drew Thorpe is going to get some time. Now, we'll see which guys get the Peoria playing time and which guys get the backfield reps because there's a lot of arms. And so not everyone is going to be able to pitch in all, I should say it this way. All of their outings are not going to be able to be at the pure sports complex, like the major league field. Some are going to have to be on the backfields facing the Dodger double A hitters because that's just the mound that's going to be available because you've got big league guys that are pitching in the, the, the big game or some of the veterans opt to pick backfields because it's more of a controlled environment. They can end the inning whenever they want to, all that. And so the younger guys get the Peoria big game spotlight on them. I don't know how many games are going to be broadcast TV schedule for spring training because we don't even know the actual TV deal for the Padres. And it's February 11th. We don't, we know, I think Eric Gruttner said last week that it's going to be the MLB app again. You'll get that opportunity, MLB TV. But we don't know what channel for people that have cable. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, the last two rotation spots. Right now, I think it would go to Vasquez and Brito. And then the guy after that that I would put would be Pedro Avila because we've seen him be able to start games. And Matt Waldron, I'd rather go with someone that has velocity over Matt Waldron, who's more of a knuckleball pitcher. Um, Patino, he's an interesting guy. That is someone I definitely am going to be keeping my eye on this spring. Some of, like, how is he developing? Him and Ruben Niebla, like, what conversations are going on there? What went wrong when the Padres traded when they traded Luis Patino to the Tampa Bay Rays in the Blake Snell trade? He did not end up performing like the Luis Patino that we thought he was going to be. Goes, goes to the White Sox, and now he signs back with the Padres. So what's going to happen there when Niebla gets that opportunity to work with Luis Patino? Um, so I'm very interested in that. And then obviously getting to see someone like Drew Thorpe who I don't think he's going to make the big league roster out of camp on opening day. I feel like that would be early. Maybe second half of 2024 is when he will impact the, the big league club. Um, but getting the first looks at him will be interesting as well. So those last two rotation spots, again, like right now, the rotation is probably Darvish, Musgrove, King, Vasquez, Brito, or Avila in for... Probably, probably Brito, right? They'd have Vasquez be a starter. Um, that's what we're looking at right now. But there's still a lot of free agents that are out there. There are trades that can be had. And I, I don't think the Padres are just going to run with this roster. Although there have been a lot of recent quotes from Mike Schilt, from A.J. Preller, about how they like the young guys in camp. And they're going to get those guys are going to get opportunities which makes it seem like they're not going to be spending very much more money. But they're going to be spending more money. They're not going to run with an outfield of Cal Mitchell, Jose Azokar, and Fernando. That's not going to cut it. 
they're going to add. I would be shocked if they don't add there. I would be pretty surprised as well if they don't add at least one starting pitcher. I don't know if it's going to be via free agency. If even if you stunk last year and you have a five ERA, you get 10 plus million dollars as a starter. I mean, just go look at what someone like Frankie Montas, who barely pitched last year, if I remember correctly, he gets like 19 mil from the Reds. What uh, Kenta Maeda got and Lance Lynn giving up a bunch of bombs, what he got with the St. Louis Cardinals. So maybe the Padres don't want to go the free agency route with Michael Lorenzen, someone like that. And I'm just telling you right now, Trevor Bauer is not going to happen. So I, I know that's like league minimum. And he is so desperate on social media to get a job. But the Padres are not going to take that risk. They're not going to do that. Um, I think they'd rather just go with the group of guys that they have than bring in someone like Trevor Bauer, who, yeah, it would be cheap. It would cost you nothing, but it would create more questions. Teammates would have to answer questions about the move. It, it's just the Padres don't need that right now. You know, I, I'd, I'd rather spend more money on Trevor Bauer later when he proves to a team in the big leagues that he can, you know, be a good teammate and be a good human being and not have to worry about him off the field than have the Padres go give him this opportunity. I'm just not going to do that. Um, what would Peter Seidler do? I think that's something that AJ and Eric Kutsenda still haven't heard from him yet. We'll see if we hear from him in spring training. Hopefully we do. What would Peter do? Would he sign Trevor Bauer? I, I think we all know the answer to that. So I don't see that happening. Um, another thing, another storyline to watch, Jackson Merrill and Graham Pauly, their usage, where are they? Infield, outfield? I know Dennis Lynn of The Athletic wrote uh, pretty recently about where the Padres probably will be using Jackson Merrill. Um, and I believe he said some at second. Or no, no, it was Schilt. Schilt, it wasn't just Dennis Lynn. It was Schilt saying this, I think, I think through Dennis, that Merrill would be playing second. He can play second, short, center, left. A lot of different positions, so... That's useful, and I, the Padres are. It's been reported that the Padres are going to have Jackson Merrill play in the outfield, um, also play the infield as well, not just exclusively in the outfield or just exclusively in the infield. And I think that's the right thing to do. Like make this guy as valuable as you can, play him or as versatile as you can. He's one of your top prospects, and yeah, it would it be ideal to have Merrill be the shortstop and know that he's going to be the shortstop because he's one of your top prospects and you want him to be comfortable at the position that he's at. Yeah, but there's also the reality that Manny's at third when he's healthy. Bogarts is at short. Cronenworth, he's most valuable at second base, but he's at first right now. Hassan Kim's not going anywhere right now. And he's at second base when everyone is healthy. There's just not room for Merrill to play every single day in this infield right now. And the Padres have created this situation for themselves. Um, and right now there's no left fielder. So yeah, it makes sense to give Jackson Merrill reps there in left field. If his bat is going to play and you think he's ready to go offensively, then you probably plug him into a position in the outfield because the urgency needs to be there from day one. I don't want Merrill being rushed though. I don't want Graham Pauly being rushed. Same thing with Jacob Marcy. Jim Callis was on the show earlier this off season and he would be surprised. He doesn't think that Marcy is ready to go to be the opening day center fielder in Korea on March 20th, or even the home opener against the Giants at Petco on the 28th or whenever that, that uh, home opener date is. 
So I, I think the Padres need to bring in an Eddie Rosario or a David Peralta or make a trade for a Max Kepler or an Anthony Santander or a Cedric Mullins, someone like that, that can play the outfield. And we know that they're a veteran guy. They, we don't have to worry that, oh, this guy hasn't played the outfield before in the major leagues. He's transitioning. Oh, and he has to adjust to big league velocity because he hasn't played in the big leagues before. Because what if the Padres, their plan is Merrill and Pauly coming up in the outfield or at one of the positions, and then they fail to hit big league pitching right out of the gate? What's their backup plan? You know, there's not enough depth right now. And so other moves are going to be made. But right now, as it sits, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised if one of these guys, Marcy, Merrill, Pauly, at least one, makes the big league opening day roster because there's just not enough bodies. Would the Padres rather have Marcy be on the opening day roster or Cal Mitchell? Or would they rather have Merrill? If he has a decent spring training, would they rather have Merrill be on the big league roster? Or would they rather have Cal Mitchell be on the big league roster? Who's like a non-roster invitee, right? I think they're probably going to go with Jackson Merrill. And A.J. Preller has had a history of fast-tracking these guys. Or he would say probably challenging these guys. And he thinks that they're ready to go, he's going to bring them up. And it might be too early for other GMs, but it, especially in the spot that AJ's at right now with this budget that he sort of created, kind of put himself in this situation with some past moves, it makes it feel like even more so that he's going to push these guys and he's going to believe in this minor league talent, these top prospects, to come make an impact earlier than they probably should be. Now we'll see. I'm going to be interested in seeing Jackson Merrill and Grand Pauly in spring training. And if they have a really good spring, then maybe my mind changes. But right now, I feel like the Padres are rushing both of these guys, um, Marcy included. Because I'm, I'm seeing Merrill, Pauly, and Marcy. Those three names, I, I'm seeing those mentioned in multiple spots about, yeah, infield, uh, outfield, possibility to be on the opening day roster. I feel like that feels a little bit rushing these guys. And with Merrill, I don't want to rush Jackson Merrill. If he's one of the top prospects in the system, which he is, and you view him as a part of this core, this like Gunnar Henderson type where really good talent and you're not going to be paying him a lot of money because he's going to be in his pre-arbitration years, then don't bring him up when he's not ready to go. There's money to spend still for the Padres. Reading some of these articles, it seems like eh, maybe they're fine with not spending the money, but there's still money that they can spend. I think they're, what, 15, 20 mil away from the, the luxury tax threshold, 237 right now, according to fan graphs. So there's still money there. Now, where are they going to decide to put that money? Is it going to be on David Peralta or Eddie Rosario or Tommy Pham to come back? Is it going to be there? And at least bring in one major league outfielder to go play left or go play center, Michael A. Taylor, someone like that. Or are they going to choose to do it with the rotation? And then they'll just go with the guys they have in the outfield? Or are they going to split it and maybe not have as good of a player as Tommy Pham? And they bring in someone else, a lower name? Do they bring in a Jesse Winker? You know, on a give them a, a major league deal like they did with Adam Engel where other teams would probably be giving him a minor league deal. But because of the Padres situation, that's where they're at. Like they're, they're going to give him the major league deal. 
I thought Aaron Hicks, I've already said this multiple times this past offseason, I thought Aaron Hicks was the perfect guy because he wouldn't cost you anything, and there's no risk there. Switch hitter, played well with the Orioles. He would get starting playing time, be on a team that has playoff aspirations. I thought it was a fit both ways, but the Padres decided to, or I assume that they were, they had some level of interest in Aaron Hicks, but Aaron Hicks decided to go with the Los Angeles Angels. Maybe the Padres make a trade with the Angels for someone like Joe Adele or Mickey Moniak or somewhere else in the league. Um, but yeah, Merrill and Pauly, their usage, where do they play? How do they do offensively? It's not so much defensively for me. Like, I'm going to be sure I'm going to pay attention to Merrill when he's playing left field, when he's playing center field, if he gets center field playing time. But really, it's offensively. I think that's where the decision's going to come with the Padres. Is Merrill ready to go offensively to start the year? Is Pauly or Marcy, are they ready to go at the plate? Because I feel like, you know, you can make things work. If they're ready offensively, you can make things work defensively and they can improve defensively, maybe on the fly, more so than on the fly improving offensively at the big league level. Because it's tough to hit big league pitching. I've never done it, obviously, but it sure seems tough. And ask former players that had to make their debuts. They're probably already worried as heck. And so, you know, I, I think focusing on defense is probably something that will make them worry less than, oh, man, I have to catch 100 miles per hour tonight and get my barrel on that, and I'm struggling with that, right? Or struggling with breaking pitches and matchups and all that, right? So my first two couple spring training storylines to watch, last two rotation spots, Merrill and Pauly. You could throw Marcy in there as well. Their usage. My third one, Manny's progression, because we know that he had that surgery on the elbow. How is he going to be doing? Is he just going to DH to start the year? How is he going to be looking? I've seen some of the um, weight training videos that he his trainer has put out on social media. He looks good, and he's using that arm. What was it? Was it, it was the left arm, right? Or was it the right? It was probably the right, right? The, the throwing arm. But he was, I remember, he was using that arm to lift the weights from some of the videos that I've seen. So it seems like things are going well there. By the way, Mike Schultz said that Darvish and Musgrove are good to go as well. So great signs there. Uh, but yeah, Manny's progression is something to watch. Obviously, he is going to be a huge X factor for the Padres this year. When Manny is good, usually that means good things. Usually that means the Padres are going to go make the postseason. If you go look at Manny, his baseball reference pages, and I'm, I'm going to pull that up right now. Um, let's see here. Because remember, 2022 should have won MVP, in my opinion, and he carried them to a postseason spot. Hopefully he doesn't have to carry them as much because there's some other talent around. There was no Tatis in 22, right? But if you look here, Manny, since he became a Padre, 2019, 256 average, 796 OPS. With Manny, you want that 800, 900, right? Not great. Didn't make the postseason. 2020, 950 OPS. They make the postseason. 836 in 2021. Not as great as 898, right? 898 OPS in 22. They make the postseason. 
836 in 21, the collapse, they missed the postseason. 2023, 782, and they missed the postseason by a couple of games. I know he had injuries, obviously. I get that. And I do applaud him a little bit for fighting through that. Although I think we could all agree, like looking especially back in hindsight, the better decision was for Manny to shut it down. You weren't going to make the postseason. He kept trying to play, kept trying to play. And he would play. It got so bad at one point, right, where he would play. And then he'd sit for, what, a couple days? And then he'd play one more game or a couple games, and then he'd sit again. And it's like he's clearly not 100%. They're not making the postseason. Just go get the surgery, and you'd be ready to go definitely for the beginning of the season. But now there's still kind of that question mark about that. I think he's going to be ready to go offensively. I don't know about defensively. We shall see on that. But that's, yeah, that's part of the the question, the storyline, right, to watch. Is how is he going to, when is he going to be taking ground balls at third? When is, he going to, when is he going to be getting into games? Is he going to get into spring training games at third? Who knows? What's most important is Manny's health long-term this season, as I've said previously this offseason on the show. That's what's most important. His bat as well, being in the lineup, that's important. So that's another storyline to watch. Uh, my fourth one, free agents and trades. What acquisitions, what additions are made to this Padres team? And I guess what subtractions? Is Ha-Sung Kim going to be subtracted? Is a top prospect going to be subtracted so the Padres can bring in a mid-rotation or top rotation starter? I don't see a top rotation starter happening, but a mid-rotation starter is one of the bullpen arms because there's a lot of depth right now. I feel like we say this every year, but there's a lot of depth in the bullpen. Is one of them going to be dealt? A couple going to be dealt so the Padres can acquire a starting pitcher for a team that needs maybe some bullpen that doesn't want to pay or doesn't want to take on a Kenley Jansen contract, you know? Um, are there going to be any outfielders that are acquired? Is it going to be outfielders in for agency? First base DH bat? Are they going to bring in someone else to do that? Because right now, I mean, their first base option is Jake Cronenworth. What's the other first base option? Profar when they finally bring him in? Profar is like the last piece, it feels like. Not like, oh, he's the guy. That's how you win a World Series. But I think he's going to be like the last piece to sign here because the Padres are probably just waiting to see who else they bring in. How much room do they have? How much money do they have to sign Jerks? And, and maybe Jerkson is fine waiting on that as well because he knows he wants to come back to the Padres. And he knows that he's not getting any great offers elsewhere because of the year that he's coming off of last year. He's most comfortable here in San Diego, and he really wants to help this team win. So he's like, yeah, don't sign me now, and we'll figure that out, maybe. Um, but yeah, free agency and trade, like it's going to happen. More additions are coming to this team. This is not going to be the opening day group of guys. I don't know how many additions. I don't think it's going to be like six additions or anything like that, like major league guaranteed roster spots. Because some of these guys, these younger guys, are going to get an opportunity here, I think, on the opening day roster. But I would anticipate probably, hopefully, at least two major league additions. One in the outfield. Maybe I shouldn't include Profar on that. But like Rosario, Peralta, someone like that. And then Profar as utility guy, cheap. And then hopefully one more starting caliber arm. Whether that's free agency or rotation. But that's obviously a storyline 
to watch. And then the last one that I have, the closer auditions, because there's no closer right now penned in. Like there's been some previous years where we've known who the closer is going to be. I think it's going to be Robert Suarez. By the way, he is not in camp right now. He's going to be in camp, but there was some travel stuff. I think him, Patino, and Wandy, Wandy Peralta. Wandy could be fighting for that. I think he's more of like a, just a seventh, eighth, whenever they need him type guy. There's Yuki Matsui. There's Rusuk Go. Both of those guys have late inning relief, uh, relief experience. Same thing with Tom Cosgrove. Not a lot, but he does have late inning experience. Steven Wilson, Daniel De Los Santos, who they acquired in a money-saving deal. Obviously, Scott Barlow. We thought he was going to be like the eighth inning guy at the end of last year for the 2024 team, but then he gets traded to the Guardians. Um, so there's options in the bullpen, obviously. And right now, I like where the bullpen is at. But things could change on that. There could be injuries in spring training. There could be trades where some of these guys end up going elsewhere, like I just touched on a moment ago. So, yeah, I'm going to be interested in seeing Wusako, Yuki Matsui. I know it's spring training, and spring training is not everything. Definitely not everything. Pitchers are working working on stuff. Pitchers usually ahead of batters. So don't get you know swayed too much to one side when a pitcher dominates at the start of camp. I think we got to weigh more like what's happening near the start of the season when batters are more caught up and there's been more innings for those guys, more pitches. Um, and really, we know these guys are going to be on the big league roster. So what really matters is what they're going to be doing, obviously, in the regular season at the big league level when they're facing big league hitters every day. And it's not a couple of big leaguers or it's not big leaguers that they're facing because they're pitching in the seventh inning and the big leaguers have already went home or they're on the golf course because that's how spring training works sometimes, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right now, if I had to go 7, 8, 9, I'm probably going to go with Matsui for the 7th, De Los Santos for the 8th, and Suarez for the ninth. Or maybe De Los Santos 7th, Matsui 8th, Suarez for the ninth. Right now, I'm going Suarez for the ninth. That's like the guarantee right now for me. Just because like I'm most confident in him as the closer right now. That could change. It's not really a, a, a ding against Matsui or Go, but I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a ton about those guys. I haven't seen them pitch in the big leagues. You know, Robert Suarez, I've seen him pitch, and he had some good moments last year. I know it was disappointing last year overall, 
they had some good moments, and then we know what happened in 2022 at the end there. He was on the same level as Josh Hader. People can say that Josh Hader should have been in that game to face Bryce Harper and all that, but I still don't know how Bryce Harper laid off that changeup, and it was it was still a really good swing, and Suarez was facing the hottest hitter on the face of the planet at that time. Um, and he was very good. He was a big reason why the Padres beat the Dodgers in the division series as well. Um, so, yeah, Suarez would be my closer right now. But, yeah, there's there's closer spots. The, the, not just the closer, but 7-8-9, plus matchups. Starting rotation, left field, center field. Is Cronenworth going to be there every day at first base? DH if Manny's at third. Is Kim going to be on the team? We'll see. There's there's a lot of questions. So those are some storylines that I had in mind. And I will get to the chat here after this quick break. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, let's get to the chat. Hopefully everybody is doing well here. The start of spring training today, pitchers and catchers report today, already reported today, and then the rest of the team later in the week. Eddie says, what's up, Ben? Excited for spring training to start. Who are you most excited to see playing during spring training? I mean, the guy that first comes to mind is Jackson Merrill. I am excited to see I'm excited to see Michael King. I'm excited to see Drew Thorpe. I'm excited to see Peralta and Go and Matt's all the new guys. De Los Santos, that guy is a monster, it seems like. Huge from the videos that I saw today of him just throwing that pen. Excited to see him. Some bounce backs, hopefully, from some of the guys. But yeah, Merrill is the first one that comes to mind because of where this roster is at. He's one of the top prospects in the farm system. It seems like they're going to give him a real shot to make the opening day roster. How has he progressed? How is he going to do? What positions is he going to play? The Padres, they've had a history of trading some of these top guys, like C.J. Abrams. I know he was in the big leagues already when they did deal him in the Soto trade, but it feels like they really want to hold on to someone like Jackson Merrill. So I'm very interested in seeing how he does. Um, There's some guys that are farther away, like Robbie Snelling, but what action do we see of them? Ethan Salas, I saw a video out today from Sammy Levitt, him swinging in the cage. Sure, I'm excited about that, but I'm not expecting a ton of, you know, Peoria big field action in the stadium. I'm excited for the guys that we got in that Yankee trade, seeing those guys, and someone like Jackson Merrill, someone like Graham Pauly. Those are the guys that I think of right out of the gate. Um, Joshua Allen 1379 says, I think no move is better than signing Cindergard. I think there are better moves than that. I mean, Cindergard, he's going to get what at least seven million from a team, probably. Some it feels like some team is going to bet on his talent and they think they're going to be able to get him back to what he once was or better than what the Dodgers like with Cindergard. The thing is, if the Dodgers weren't able to fix him, then how are so the Padres are going to be able to make this guy be healthy and have him perform really well and not just start games and then have it be a bullpen day? Like him and Rich Hill, right? Wasn't he like almost an equivalent to Rich Hill? He was not effective with the Dodgers. And so, no, um, 
especially with how free agency is going, pitchers, I would stay away from Noah Syndergaard. And yeah, I, I do see him being linked to the Padres again. I saw Michael Lorenzen linked to the Padres again. I'd go with Lorenzen over uh, Noah Syndergaard. Might cost a little bit more, but he can do. He can start and he can relieve as well. Lorenzen, that is. JD's third says, "How many games will we win with the roster as is?" I have seventy-five wins this season. Well, yeah, as is. It's they're probably barely fighting for a playoff spot. And that's guys staying healthy. That's Michael King performing well. Darvish and Musgrove performing well. The bullpen being good. Manny bouncing back, being healthy. Uh, Bogarts, him bouncing back, him being healthy. So, yeah. I mean, right now, it doesn't look great. But things can change. And there are going to be additions to this team, for sure. I'm not. I'm still optimistic going into this season. Just look at the Diamondbacks. Look at the Phillies. There are numerous examples of got teams that just get in and then they can go on a deep run. You know, Padres went to the NLCS in 22. That wasn't that long ago. I know it feels like it was a very long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, Richard says, you may want to do a wellness check on Jim Russell. Yeah. Uh, you know, sucks to suck, I guess. I don't care. The Vikings are technically my NFL team, and they weren't in it, so whatever. I, I don't really care. All right, um, let's see. NF says, I say Merrill for 40-man roster, but not the 26-man. Yeah, that's fair. I guess it depends on if, if let's say the Padres, they bring in Jerkson back. They sign Eddie Rosario or David Peralta or they make a trade for an outfielder, and they're, fi they're fine with maybe Marcy and Azokar, two center field options there. And it's Tatis and right. They bring in someone for left. Center field is that. And the infields are already filled. Then maybe they're like, you know what? What's best is we don't start the Merrill clock. We give him more reps in the minor leagues. And we see if injuries happen. We see if Marcy is good. We give him more time maybe to play in the outfield, get more reps in the outfield. Maybe that's how they do it. But we also got to remember there's not a lot of lefties, right? And Merrill is a lefty. So that might be advantageous for him. Let's see. Phil, I don't know a whole lot about this Otto Lopez guy that you're mentioning, DFA from the Blue Jays cup of coffee in major league baseball so i'm not gonna act like i know who that is so maybe i'll do some more research on him sometime this week um let's see jd's third says ben how do we know how much money they have to spend maybe they're done they are pocketing the rest payroll payroll will stay around 140 to 150 mill for many years i don't think it's going to stay at that for many years i think that this year they're they're trying to see okay how much money can we spend while still being profitable let's try to get a tv deal done for this year and then the future of the tv deal stuff we don't know and, and that's just not with the padres that's with other teams as well so 
excuse me, I think I think that the payroll is going to be higher than 150 for sure uh, for years to come. I don't think it's just like this is their plan for years to come. I still think that they're going to go spend next offseason, maybe not huge money, but they're going to spend more than they did, I feel like, this offseason. This offseason was very unique circumstances, in my opinion. And I agree, we're not a large market team like Yankees or Dodgers, but we're not a mid, I don't think we're a mid market team either. I think we're in between mid and high market, or high market, mid and large market team. And the payroll, the payroll hopefully will be a little bit higher at the beginning of the season compared to what it is right now. And I feel like it has to be because I don't think the Padres are done with additions. You know, AJ Preller, he said, when was this? At the winter meetings, maybe? That they were waiting till January for some guys to sign. And then the market, guys are looking, maybe they can get some good buys because guys are trying to sign to teams, trying to have a job. But those same players that we thought were going to sign in January haven't signed. Snell, Monty, Chapman, Bellinger, they haven't signed. So it feels like teams are still waiting to see where these guys are going to land. And I feel like every Sunday or every Monday, baseball fans are like, okay, this is the week, right, where a bunch of moves are going to be made These because it's that much closer to spring training. A couple teams are in camp now. Guys are arriving to spring training. They better start signing, but the players and agents, they're not in a rush and the teams aren't in a rush either because they probably know that those players are still getting ready. It's not like they're sitting on their couch and then that when they sign, they're going to start eating right and they're going to work out. No, like baseball, it's it's not 1950 anymore. They work out all the time. They're going to be ready to go. Teams are just waiting for the right deal. Players are waiting. Players and the agents are waiting for the right deal as well. And it hasn't come yet, obviously, or else these players would be signed. And yeah, JD's third to answer. I don't, we don't exactly know how much money the Padres have to spend. We don't know exactly what that number is. But what we can see is what the fan graphs, you know, payroll is, the, the fan graph, excuse me, the fan graphs number, which I am looking up right now what the payroll looks like, the luxury tax CBT number says it's at 215 right now, a little over 215. So that gives the Padres, if they want room before 237, it gives them like what? what what's a say 15, 20 mil that we hope that they can spend? I don't know if they're going to spend all that, but just as, we're just assuming. That's all we can do right now is optimistically assume how much left the Padres have to spend and how much more they will spend. But guys could come off the board that they like, and then they don't like other guys, and so they're not going to spend, and then they're going to trust that these young guys are ready to go. Um, Keep continuing to go through the chat here. NF says, I want Brian Shaw or Liam Hendricks for closer. I think the bullpen's set, but I, I said that before Wandy Peralta was signed, so that just tells you how much I know. Devin says, I think the Padres will go with a closer by committee. Matsui, Suarez, Go, or Santos will get the opportunity to close. 
they're all going to get opportunities in spring training for sure. And I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a firm closer in Korea. Maybe they're, they're just going to, because remember, there's time between the Korea series and the home opener to still decide stuff as well, right? And so maybe what they'll do is they'll go all out for game one against the Dodgers. They'll go all out for game two, knowing that there's rest in between for the home between then and the the real start of the season for the rest of Major League Baseball, right? And so maybe we'll see Suarez pitch end of the eighth and in the ninth against the Dodgers, hopefully. You know, let's optim let's be optimistic and let's say magically they have a lead in game one, four to two, and Suarez pitches at the end of the eighth and pitches the ninth. And then the next night, maybe they go with Wu Suck Go. Maybe they go with Eniel De Los Santos. Maybe they go with Cosgrove. Who knows? I don't want to doubt Tom Cosgrove. I'll throw his name in there. I don't know about closer, but matchups. I mean, against the Dodgers, if you have Freddie Freeman and Shohei Otani up, Tom Cosgrove's an appealing option to go to. Wani Peralta's probably an appealing option to go to. So who really knows right now? Mike Schilt doesn't know. The players don't know. No one knows really right now. Things are things are going to work themselves out. C-Dub says, my question is, why haven't we signed any outfielders yet? It's so frustrating waiting, bro. But hope you're doing well. Thank you. Hope you're. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully everybody is doing well as well. I appreciate that. Um, well, why haven't we signed any outfielders yet? Some probably chose other teams because the Padres are interested in a lot of guys. That's just what AJ Preller does. He checks in on everyone. And then the Padres, we know they have a budget and there's some guys that maybe they don't like as, as much as others. And those others maybe haven't signed yet. So that's why the Padres haven't signed outfielders. Um, and they didn't, they, Let's let's go to like Harrison Bader, Kevin Kiermaier, right? Padres, they didn't want to give 10 plus million to Kevin Kiermaier. They didn't want to give 10 plus mil to Harrison Bader. And if Michael A. Taylor is demanding that, then that's why they haven't signed Michael A. Taylor. They don't want to do that, clearly, or else they would have. Just like with starting pitching, they don't want to give $16 million a year to someone like Michael Waka or Nick Martinez or Seth Lugo. Or else those guys probably... Would those guys rather pitch for the Royals or pitch for the Padres? They probably would have rather have come back to pitch for the Padres. Do we? I know the Royals have had an impressive offseason for their standards, but who thinks that the Royals are going to go win the World Series next year? Who thinks the Royals are going to make the postseason? I mean, maybe. I'm still going with the Minnesota Twins in the AL Central. Crazier things could happen, but I think that they're still maybe a, a year, couple years away there. Um. So really, it's it's been about the money with the Padres. So that's that's why. And then players, it takes two sides to tango, right? So players are probably sitting there. I, I can get more than what the Padres are offering, so they're not going to sign. The Padres are sitting there. Well, we don't want to pay you that. So check back with us before you sign with another team. But maybe if your offer comes down, maybe we can meet more in the middle. Check back with us, you know, in spring training. And things have been thrown off, I think, with the Padres' plans this offseason because they thought some of these guys, these bigger guys, were going to sign. They haven't signed yet. It's February 11th. And so that's why you're not seeing a bunch of signings because teams are waiting. And I think players that aren't Bellinger and the top guys are waiting 
because maybe they think that they can get more competitive offers against each other, teams going up against each other for them, that specific player, if those teams miss out on a Cody Bellinger, if they miss out on, for pitching, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, guys like that, right? So, I don't, I don't, I don't it doesn't seem like the Padres are going to spend a lot more money. I'd be surprised if they spend a lot more money, but this is not going to be their payroll on opening day. It can't, right? Um, let's see here. Anything else to bring up from the chat? Beach City TV says, you guys have to realize that if Merrill doesn't get promoted this year, his value is going to start to go down. I mean, maybe, because he is, I know he's young, but obviously all of us, we keep getting older every day. I don't, I don't know how much more down it's, I don't know. I don't know how much I agree with that because he's still viewed. If he doesn't make it to the big leagues this year, the Padres could say, well, look at the infield options that we had. Or that, yeah, I mean, we have Manny, Bogarts, Cronoworth, Kim. And let's say they bring in another guy to play. Maybe it's Garrett Cooper. Who, who the heck knows who it's going to be, right? You know, the Padres... If Merrill has a good minor league season, even if he doesn't play in the big leagues, which I think he's going to play in the big leagues this year at some point, if he doesn't, I don't think his value is going to go that far down. He's still a top 10 prospect in baseball, right? And it's not like his service time would have started. I don't know how much. It, it, maybe his value would go down if he came up to the big leagues and struggled. But him not coming up to the big leagues, I don't know how much that really affects the, his value to be honest. All right, that's it. Talking for hours, episode 563. Some spring training storylines that I'm going to be watching. Hopefully you enjoyed this. I liked being back live here with you fans. Great fan base, obviously. Uh, love interacting with y'all. Seek Eat Code, Talking for hours, $20 off your first order there. Please use that to your advantage. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match, up to $100. If you click that link in the description or you use code Talking Friars, Breaking T, and Foco. Check them out. Foco have got some great Padres um, and just Major League Baseball bobbleheads and collectibles. Breaking T, Padres, Aztecs, Wave, U.S. Women's National Team. They've got some great shirts and sweatshirts over there as well, and obviously other sports. Click that link in the description there for Breaking T. All right. Have a great night, everyone. Have a great week. And if news comes down, I will come and bring my reaction to that obviously but yeah thank you everyone for the time i appreciate it don't take it for granted for sure um y'all are the best see ya